Greetings, brothers and sisters in Christ, and welcome once again to SJEN TV Presents, another episode of Men on the Mission. Hi, I'm your host, Bob Zeke. We've got a great program for you today, so stay tuned. We'll be right back. Men, fathers, we are made for battles. To be men, not feminine. To carry the weight. To carry our families. To be present. To slow down. To be gentle. To listen. To ask forgiveness. To forgive everyone for everything. To give without holding back, to never count the cost, to carry the cross, to fight, to work, to be brave, to lead, to challenge, to be patient, to protect, to stand up for truth, to never compromise the essentials, to defend life, to be noble, to be dignified, to be chaste, yes, chaste, to be detached, to love the higher things, to be filled with faith and hope, to be calm and confident, to be mature, to be recollected, to be contemplative, to love God and others, to sacrifice, to take the shots, to pray on our knees, to be men of the Eucharist, to be humble, to be one with Jesus, to die, and to be happy for all eternity. Yes, dear brother, dear father, dear son, I know, I know this is a tall order, but we can do it. We can do it because we are not alone. The divine fatherhood is the source of human fatherhood. Catechism of the Catholic Church, 2214, I'm Jim Littleton of FormingFaithfulFamilies.com. Welcome back to the program. I'd like to introduce you today our special guest, Deacon Pat Belding. Deacon Pat, welcome to the program. Thank you. Happy to be here. It's so great to have you here. Well, you know... We've had a couple of uh, fine deacons from the Archdiocese of St. Louis in ahead of you, and uh, uh, one of them was kind enough to recruit you for me, and I'm so excited to get a chance to know you a little bit better, and I'm sure our viewers would like to know a little bit about you. So Deacon Pat, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background, where you come from, and uh, uh, kind of bring us up to date a little bit about you. Okay, I sure will. I was uh, raised in Jennings, which is in North County. I'm one of eight children. I went to a Catholic school for the first six years of my education. And um, <clears throat> I actually asked my parents to remove me from the Catholic school because I wasn't such a great student, uh, or I might have been a good student, but not such a great kid in the classroom because I wrote enough of those, I must not, I must not talk in class 350 times, or I must not do this, you know, so many times. And so you got great penmanship now, so huh? I have great penmanship as a left-hander, you're right. I, I, I got a great education in that, so... Uh, and then, um, uh, but you're I, born into the faith, cradle Catholic, born into everything. the faith, uh, right. Went to church every Sunday and, uh, you know, uh, 
uh, every day at school. I went to class. I went to mass. Uh, and then um, went to public schools after that. Life goes on. Become a teenager. You know, those things happen. And I was a typical teenager, male teenager. I did all the things male teenagers did. Uh, and then um, I met someone and uh, it was uh, it was it was time to get married and at a young age uh, uh, we had uh, four children um, great life going on um, and uh, we were I would call us the John Q and the Pew family we came to mass every Sunday did our obligations uh, kids went to PSR only because uh, they, uh, the schools were so crowded when my kids were young, the Catholic schools were so crowded that they couldn't get in. They were on a waiting list. They were on a waiting that. list. So yeah. at that point in time, once they got into the public school system, we said, well, we'll just leave them there and go to PSR and, and, uh, life was good. Um, until my boys were, oh, uh, I had twin boys that were probably about 12 at the time. And they, um, the PSR principal, the CRE, whatever you want to call her, wherever you come from. I got a call one night and said, uh, Mr. Belding, um, your, your boys and the class are kind of disruptive, and um, we're going to ask you to, um, to uh, take these boys on for yourself, teach them PSR, uh, because they're not welcome in the class anymore. So if you don't take them on... We're going to, we don't know what we're going to do. So I said, well, I guess I'll do that. I, I knew that there was going to be a problem in this class because there was those two and four of their best buddies were in this classroom with a lady who I loved to death. She was um, about 65 or 70 by then. Oh, wow. And she, she was a great lady, but she couldn't handle five, 12, 13-year-old boys that, yeah. that were best friends, right? All right. So um, that was a real turning point uh, in my life. God was saying, okay, I want you, but here's your education. So I got those boys through uh, confirmation. My next son, I, went, I, I taught his uh, for three or four years, and then I took on my daughter for a couple of years. Uh, and 15 years later, after being asked to take on a PSR class, uh, I was still in the PSR program, helping mentor and manage. And being a male in the PSR program was somebody different. So it uh, became from uh, just uh, Father Pat to uh, doing dad work. So now you're into the parish and you're giving yourself involved in teaching the faith PSR-wise. Teaching the faith PSR-wise. What a way wise. to get recruited in, huh? Right. Well, <laughs> it really was. And the other day, uh, for the first time, my two oldest boys were with me at the um, 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 Catholic Men for Christ conference, and they went with me for the first time. And as we were leaving that, I said, you know, you, are, you two boys are the ones that got us here. You're the one that caused this. And I thought about that after a while, and I wrote him a text a couple of days later, and I said, I'm sorry I used that word cause. I, I want to say thank you for giving me that opportunity to grow in my faith and to be in the position that I am today as a deacon. Well, it's great that you took that, uh, that responsibility as father and parent 
uh, to heart, and you you really were determined then to make sure that your kids were catechized, right? By making sure that that they got it, and there was not going to be any disruptive uh, stuff going on at home with dear old dad that way. That's true. That's true. And uh, it was it was a blessing, and and uh, I was again one of the few, as a male manager of the program, um, I got to be the disciplinarian, but I also love the older kids to uh, the sixth, seventh, and eighth graders because their minds are really, they're, they're going outside the boundaries. They're yeah. thinking about this. They're discerning. They're really trying to figure out what, who God is, what the church is all about. And uh, sometimes I didn't even, I'd prepare for class, but sometimes I just let them talk and have the, let them have their own discussions. And it was just really an eye opener. So during that 15 years, I was probably 12 or 13 years into it. One of the catechists who was in formation to be a deacon, he came to me one day and a friend of mine, he said, you need to be a deacon. And I, you know, of course, the first response is, sure, whatever. I've got four <laughs> kids. I'm busy on yeah, I've got this going right, on. Right. I've got a full-time job, and I travel and all that. And um, and, and in between there, uh, we had a disruption in the family. Uh, uh, we had a divorce in the family. So uh, it it rocked my world, rocked, rocked the kids' world. Uh, so um, it, it um, of course, very upsetting, life-changing life-altering, uh, all those things that you can imagine if you haven't been divorced. Uh, they all happen. They're all real. Uh, and, uh, uh, and it, you know, it still, it, it still is with me today. Yeah. Uh, but, um, but God works in strange ways. Uh, a couple of years later, he brings a lady into my life that, that helped me be a better person helped me be a, a better Catholic, a better man, uh, and helped me understand the direction I should probably go. So she agreed to, after we got married, we combined now six kids. I had four. She brought two into the marriage. So we have six kids um, trying, to, and trying to figure it out. And uh, at the same time, the guy comes back to me and he says, you should be a deacon. I'm a deacon now. You should be a deacon. We looked at each other, my wife and I, and she says, yeah, you probably should. You should probably discern this and see what happens. So I backed out of the PSR program for a year, took a year off. Mm -hmm. And um, a year later, I signed up for the formation program, this discernment year, as they call it to see if that's what you really want to do. A lot of people don't really understand, too, uh, the process one goes through to become a deacon, to be called to ministry like that. You know, maybe I think it would be important for you to share a little bit with the viewers sure. on the impact uh, or the screening process, if you will, that starts first at the parish level and then goes all the way up into the curia of the diocese. Um, Sure. Um, because you certainly can't do this on your own. It has to be recommended. Has to be recommended. By your pastor. The, uh, I, I, I'm, as I recall, the pastor got involved uh, uh, and uh, there were some recommendations, uh, initial interviews. Uh, uh, but we had an extra inter interview because being divorced and remarried, that's very unusual. 
Um, so they wanted us to have another another discussion with the um, with the um, deacon formation uh, person. Uh, and uh, we had that discussion, and they still weren't real sure, so they came back to our pastor again, and the pastor said, you'll be making a mistake if you don't allow him in. So uh, so we were very fortunate to have the opportunity, and I say we because it takes your wife, sure. your wife's approval. Your wife has to sign off on you to, to stay in the program and, and to stay a deacon, actually. If your wife says there's issues in our relationship, then she has the responsibility and authority to go to uh, someone in the archdiocese and say, we have problems, we need to step back. And um, so it, it's, uh, that's why I say we, because well, it's it impacts, a husband and wife. It definitely impacts uh, your relationship, obviously, because you're going to be uh, taking some extra time away from home. Absolutely. And your ministerial uh, responsibilities and what have you. So. That's, and if she's not supportive of that, it could be problematic. I could see that for sure. Absolutely. So, you know, I, I know a lot of viewers, they don't understand uh, how it works for a man to get into the ministry side from moving from being a layman to now you're kind of a tweener. You're no longer a layman and you're no right. longer a priest, but you're, you're, the, you're assisting ministerially speaking and it's, it is not being a layman, and yet it's not being a priest. Right. We are the only people, deacons, that can have two vocations, being married and being a deacon. Right. And that's the hardest thing to do is to juggle those two vocations. Uh, and it takes your wife to remind you that, <laughs> that hey, you're a husband and a, and a father first. Right. And, um, and, oh, by the way, you have to work. Uh, so therefore, um, you you really need your wife's support and to help you remember where your priorities are. Right. Yeah. So right. A, the pastor, I know, doesn't want uh, what you're doing to impact negatively on your uh, your family life and all that. And so there is a fine balance there, a good balance, but it's a healthy balance. It's a healthy balance because I learn in my in my deacon vocation, I can bring that home to my family and. It, it certainly helps tremendously in my relationship with my kids because it makes me stop, um, and, and my wife too, makes me stop and think, okay, how should I respond to this home situation right. instead of just being right. the dad and, or, you know. Well, we all have that uh, as both being married and being a father and a grandfather, and she also in her responsibilities as being a grandmother and a mother as well, and a wife and a husband. So that's really great. I think it's important that we share that kind of information with viewers because I, th I think many times they wonder how that works. We're going to take a break here right now, and uh, we'll pick this conversation up with Deacon Pat in just one minute. Stay right there. Like to busy ourselves with things that are considered important in this life. We must remember, however, what is most important, exercising generous and selfless responsibility for the life conceived in the womb. 
taking a more active role in and making a more serious commitment to our children's education and prayer life. Working in a job that is never the cause of division and ensures stability and harmony within the family. Friends, let us take time to contemplate the face of Christ in the Eucharist and make a commitment to spend at least an hour a week with our Lord in adoration. Let us say lovingly to the Lord as we kneel before him in prayer. I promise my unending love and devotion to you for the rest of my life. This segment of Men on a Mission is made possible through the generosity of affordable kitchens and baths. And welcome back to Men on a Mission and our special guest today, Deacon Pat Belding. Deacon Pat, you were just telling us uh, right before the break about uh, things that led up to you uh, finally agreeing to seek the invitation to become a deacon here in the Archdiocese of St. Louis and your work and answering God's call for you. So why don't you pick it up uh, right there? Okay. Uh, you're, where have you, or how long have you been a deacon now? Where, we, where have you worked at? Uh, I, I have been ordained since June of 2014, uh, and all my service as a deacon has been at Christ Prince of Peace Parish in Baldwin, Manchester, Missouri. Okay. Uh, it's, and, and I was new to the parish. I was asked during my formation time to move from a parish, St. Joseph, Manchester, that I'd been at for about 20 years, to move to Christ Prince of Peace uh, because they were in need of a, another deacon. And uh, my wife and I talked about it and we agreed to it. And uh, it's been a great decision uh, since then. It was a little rough in the beginning, like all transitions and changes sure. are, but... Uh, the unknown uh, we, and everything. The unknown and sure. comfortable being comfortable with the, the other priest and the other uh, right. parishioners and whatnot, friends and that all go along with being someplace for 20 years. Well, that's part of the surrendering of the spirit and at the obedience of uh, the archbishop and all that. Right. So it's a testimony, too, of uh, even what all the diocesan priests and their assignments. What they have to go through, right, right. in their assignments. So um, uh, I, I was just thinking about what's, what's the greatest gift I bring to the parish. I, some of my duties include, um, as, as a deacon, what we can do, we can marry, bury, and baptize, we say. Hatch, match, uh, and dispatch. Hatch, yeah. match, and dispatch. Okay. <laughs> uh, so um, uh, we have very few uh, weddings at uh, Christ Prince of Peace. As a matter of fact, I married one of my sons and his lovely wife. Wow. Uh, and that's the only one I've done there. Wow. Um, I, I'm... I can't tell you how many kids, babies I've baptized in the last five years, most of them in the last three, because our parish is starting to turn over and get younger. And it's a blessing to see all this energy and all these babies come in. Right. So that's where I take up a lot of my time. I get in involved in some annulment processes. Uh, we help with the homebound. We take communion to the homebound. Uh, I started uh, with the help of some parishioners. Uh, a revised new program called Faith in Action, where we help anybody in need uh, inside the parish and through collaboration with St. Vincent de Paul Society, we've even helped uh, uh, a family outside of the parish 
uh, who wasn't Catholic, isn't Catholic, but uh, but we decided to help because all there God's was all God's children. All God's children. It's it's just been fantastic. It's been what what we think is slow, but it's but it's been very helpful. I think the biggest thing that 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 I offer at Christ Prince of Peace is the the ministry of presence, um, being being with people either in a group or one on one. Um, there's there's joy that comes to me that I get out of it, uh, but people uh, will come to you in confidence with things that you're not expecting, and they respect you enough to share their life with you in confidence, and um, it's overwhelming sometimes what what you're asked or informed of and they're sharing with you because you're their deacon right you're their deacon and they want to tell you because they need to tell somebody well you become the face of jesus to so many through your ministry uh not unlike what the priests do and really what we're all called to do anyway and because i'm a deacon they know that i'm married they know that i have kids so they so they know that i have those problems also. So I'm kind of the go-between sometimes between the priest and and the parishioners because uh, they know that I that I understand some things differently sure. and can can yeah understand what they're going through. Right. So that ministry of presence is probably the biggest thing. Uh, now that I think about it in the big picture, is what I bring to to the parishioners. What a great gift. What a great grace that is too that you. Uh, become through your generosity for so many people who, who, let's face it, we live in a broken world and we all have our issues and whatever. Yeah, we all do. And uh, the capacity to to be the warms, warm arms of our Lord or the soothing voice, if you will, and to express uh, the love that Christ gives us. It's an amazing, amazing gift. Mm -hmm. Did you ever think it was going to be like that <clears throat> when you got involved? Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. I, I, I didn't know what it was really going to be like, but I, uh, it's, there's the rewards. Uh, I get, I, I'm so blessed, um, to, to be in this vocation, uh, that hopefully what, what I get, they get half as much because I, I mean, if, if they get half as much as what I get from them, it's unbelievable. Well, it's a shared experience then, in other words, isn't it? Yeah, you're, that's a good point. Right. I can just imagine. So when you reflect back on on your openness and saying yes to God on this, how would you characterize where you are spiritually in your relationship with God and with our Lord? How has this enhanced your spirituality? Um, over the last year or so, it's been, it's, it's been more of a, that my transition, my journey has been more of a friendship. I can feel him next to me and walk in the road. Wow. What a great And grace. saying, all right, that may not have been such a good move, or that was a good move, or thanks for the help, or what are we going to do now? Some of those things. Yeah. That that when you feel his presence, it's unbelievable. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, and that is such a great grace that is given to us. And you know, when you say that, really, that, that kind of an experience is really open to anyone if they open themselves up, if they just say, God, come into my life, fill me up. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm struggling, I'm hurting, I don't understand this or that, but I need help. Use me. Use me. Just, just surrender yourself. Just let go and let God. Mm-hmm. And you've done that in your uh, in your life. I can see it. I fight it sometimes. Well, I, we I, all I'm, think I'm we a all human do. being. I fight it sometimes. <laughs> just let me let, just let me work on my cars today, God. <laughs> and then then I get a phone call. Yeah, but what a great great opportunity, great blessing. And you know, it's the thing that's frustrating. I think for a lot of people is uh, they look in this. They they're fearful. They have a anxiety. They're reluctant to really surrender themselves uh, because they've mm-hmm. got a foot in this world and they see they're attracted to the, the invisible, the power of, of God's presence, and yet they're afraid to let go. And a funny thing happens when you do that, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Right. It really does. It's how do you, and so I know you are in, uh, one of the things you're doing, you're, you're working with young families. Now you said you're mm-hmm. in preparing them for baptism, preparing them to uh, have their child become a child of God. So why don't you share with a little bit of some of your experiences in dealing with the baptismal preparation program? I'd love to. It's, um, you know, most of my uh, dealings with uh, new babies uh, that are being baptized, kids, young people today are in their 30s, right? Instead of their 20s, they're now in their later 20s, early 30s. So we'll call it 30. And uh, so they've had some life experiences already, and um, but they're ready to come in. They don't. They they don't know. They don't. They, are they forgotten? Um, it's it's a joy to see all walks of young people coming coming back in. I see those who went to Catholic high schools, husbands and wives, Catholic high schools. Those who are just coming into the faith uh, because now they want to have a joint faith with this baby. Uh, they know there's something behind there besides grandma or their mom and dad right. saying, right. Uh, they know that this is the right thing to do and they want help. They, they want help to say, okay, how do I do this? And a couple of things that I, that I reinforce at, at the baptismal preparation meeting is to say, this is a gift from God and you're now returning this gift back to God. Wow. First of all, right. second of all, my second point is this baptism is as much about you as it is this baby being baptized. Yes, they get water, they get oils, they get a white cloth, they get a candle, they get all that, which is all good. Without that, we don't have a baptism, but you're reconfirming your faith in the church and that you're telling God and everybody that you believe in him that you deny the devil, and that you're going to raise this child in the church. Amazing. To uh, give them the chance for eternal life through sonship, daughtership with the Lord, and preparing them for that. That's an awesome thing to experience. And to be part of that is awesome. That's what I mean. I can see how... uh, what a great joy that would be to uh, see all this take place Mm -hmm. and starting them uh, on their faith journey uh, as infants or uh, young children. What a great blessing. And, and we use, 
modern day technology, we use a, a program from from a video that that uh, from another organization that helps walk them through the baptism and what it means and what the water means and what's the history behind this and why do we do this and why do we why do we baptize babies why do we as catholics love to baptize babies versus letting them make their own choice right, right, right. so some of those things some of those uh, tips that you can get into because the world is saying why do you catholics do that well we now have tools with us available to help us explain that to them professionally and and succinctly right. it's 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 just wonderful well i can see the joy in your face uh, how passionate you are about that about this great gift that god has given you in your uh, your ministry uh, and kind of making you complete if you will i see it kind of in your face Thanks. of the man that god has created you to be but it it would never happen had you not been generous and said yes so it's important to really share the fact, let people know, hey, when you surrender to God, great things can happen. Great things do happen. Great things do happen. They do. Well, Deacon Pat, it's been an <clears throat> honor and a privilege to have you share a little bit of yourself and uh, your ministry with our viewers and with myself. And on behalf of our viewers, I want to thank you. Is there anything you'd like to leave with the viewers? If nothing else, would you give them their blessing, your blessing? Sure. May Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks. Until we uh, meet again, may God bless you and your families, and please pray for us in our ministry. Thanks very much. Thanks. See you soon. Thanks.